Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. And welcome to 2019. This is the first podcast of 2019, released on New Year's Day. Yay! I'm Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. We have a little bit of lovely, as some call it, administrivia to start Woo-hoo. out with. And then we're going to go right into the Mystic Access Castle and close things out with a demo. So the first administrivia piece that we have to share with you is a reminder that on January 10th our next group of iOS Sweet Success modules begin and we are starting out on the 10th which is a Thursday night with Here's to Your Health. So that is module 13 and that is going to be the first one in this new series. You still have time to register. You have a whole nine more days after today to register for it and we would love to have you in class. These modules are so much fun to put together and get up and running for you guys. So we really love the interaction and participation that you bring to the table during the classes. So please feel free to come and join us. And we would love to have you beginning January 10th. We have three modules in January and three modules in February for this set. And of course, we also have modules 1 through 6 and 7 through 12 available for purchase as both DAISY and MP3 that you can purchase on the website as well. If you need an introduction to iOS, definitely get the first six foundational modules. If you are further along and are interested in slightly more advanced topics, or you would just like to know about some topics not included in the foundational modules, check out the new series that we're about to begin, and I think you'll find something very fun and useful to you, whether you're interested in time, music, health, or other topics. So please join us. And for a list or a complete details you can either go to the website or you can listen to the podcast that we released at the end of quote last year quote which was the previous podcast where lisa tells us all about each module and what will be presented and their dates yes absolutely but to keep it really simple they're on thursday nights at 8 30 p.m eastern time so yep. we have three can... in january and three in february for we this sure batch. do We sure do. And the only other Thursdays are our free classes. So it makes it really easy to keep up with what MA is doing on Thursday nights. (laughs) So definitely come hang out with us if you're interested. We'd love to have you. So now we are going to go into the Mystic Access Magic Castle. And we have a guest who is going to talk about Ira. And one thing that we decided to do is that we know that there are lots of podcasts that talk about Ira. And some of them are from the company's perspective. We decided to go a different way and get an end user's perspective, somebody who uses the service and has basically said that for them it was a life-changing experience. Absolutely. Completely transformational for her. So we'll let her speak for herself in the castle. Welcome to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. 
We are very pleased today to be in the Mystic Access Castle with Gwen Givens. Gwen contacted us because she started using a service a while back that has gotten a lot of press lately, and that service is Ira. And we had not done any kind of podcast about Ira or related to Ira. And as more and more people are using it, we thought that it might be good to sit down with Gwen and talk to her about her experiences. I also have used Ira, although not as extensively. So we hope that between us, we can give you some helpful and useful information that might allow you to decide if this is something you would like to check out further. So welcome, Gwen, to the Mystic Access Castle. Well, it's really great. It's great to be here. Just one suggestion about the castle. I think since it's winter, you ought to put some tapestries on the wall. And uh, I think what would be really cool is if you make them kind of tactile. I think that would be cool. So you could have tactile tapestries incorporated. That would be kind of a new line for somebody. I would be all for that. I would totally do that. And uh, I do have some silks on order currently from Persia or India or somewhere east. And maybe we can figure out a way to make those into tactile tapestries, although they probably need to be warmer. But I really liked them. They were so tactile and soft and lovely, or at least I assume they were in my imaginary order, that I just thought they would be a nice thing. Maybe we'll make them warmer. Maybe we could add some some warmth to those silk tapestries for the castle. I think you're right. We do need some coziness in here. I think we need a drawbridge around the moat because the moat has sharks in it. No. Dragons. Hello. Oh, (laughs) okay. There are dragons in the moat, not sharks. I think castles usually come with dragons, not sharks. At least ours are friendly, though. They're nice dragons. I'm not too much into that particular genre, but my understanding is it's usually... I think I saw some metal weird things in in the moat, didn't I? Chris, do you know what those were? Nope. People's canes, probably. I think they might have been alligator or shark cliffs. Ah, okay. Okay, Okay, and there is a train that goes around the castle, and that train has derailed its track. (laughs) So, I am putting it back on track. (laughs) That's good. Or at least I'm going to try. It's just very gratifying to know that, for once, I wasn't the one that took it off the track. That's my special gift. I derail many people, which is a sad <laughs> trait. It's fun, though. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what IRA is? Okay. IRA actually is a, it's an acronym, and it stands for Artificial Intelligence Remote Access. And it was launched in actually uh, 2015. The individual who launched it, and I'm going to have to look at his name here to spell it, and I apologize to him in advance if he listens to this. It's Suman Kanuganti. He got the idea by the, remember the craze with the Google Glass? Yes. Glasses? And they just kind of, I think, sort of died. But from that idea, he got it that perhaps in some way it could be used the concept to use it so that uh, blind people and visually impaired could get something out of the whole procedure. So that is actually how it began. He decided that the the problem really wasn't that that people were, were necessarily blind, but the problem was that we had no clue as to the things that were around us and how they looked and what they were doing. 
And one comparison that I've heard spoken of is, do you remember OnStar, where you had the push the button in the car? Yes. You'd have actually a communication with someone who could be there for you and with you and in real video time. Well, that's what Ira does. You are, as an explorer, connected with someone who is called an agent. And they are with you the whole time, and they see you with what you're doing and where you're going. They also have the ability to not only see you, but let's say you're walking somewhere. They can have Google Maps open. They can have address files if they need it. They can help you get an Uber ride if you want. In my case, I will have them go with me just in case the Uber driver gets lost, which has happened. And sometimes they need to look up a translation app so I can ask the Uber driver where he is. So these are things that can be done. But you're in real time, except that that video can lag a couple of seconds. And that is one reason why they will not help you cross a street. Because you don't want the video to say that everything is clear, and it's actually not because that's talking five seconds before the car showed up. Can you tell us a little more about the people and the process of starting Ira? Kanuganti met with a communication specialist by the name of Matt Rock, who was able to use Ira because he's legally blind. And I really don't know a lot exactly about how it got started. It started and perhaps still is as one of the startup companies. I remember when I first heard about it, I thought, that sounds absolutely crazy. And I wasn't interested at all. I wish I could give you more history, but they do have a bit more history on their website, which is Ira, A-I-R-A dot I-O. Right. And we will certainly link to that in the show notes. It sounds like, as far as humans go, there are two components to Ira. There are agents, and they are sighted people who provide information, and there are explorers. That's people like us, people who cannot see, people who need access to information. What kind of training do the agents receive? The agents generally receive approximately a month of intensive training, which involves mentoring, simulations, and general information on how to handle calls. They may be told how to, and this is just a guess on my part because they won't really go into any great detail about training because there are probably some special things that they do. But let's just say for an example that I have a really huge nose, which I don't. Let's say an agent is describing to an explorer such as yourself and you want to know what I look like. The agent would more than likely be trained not to say, and she has a really huge nose. Right. They tend to, whenever they have described somebody for me, they have gone for the, I wouldn't say necessarily positive, but they'll basically tell me what somebody is wearing. This morning when I was at my interview, Prepare Transit, the lady wanted to know about uh, what I was wearing. I was wearing the harness and it mentioned what she was wearing, that she had uh, long black hair, uh, that she wore glasses uh, and she had a very nice smile and it, it told the color of her clothes. She had a brown shirt on and I can't remember what the rest was. But it was basically details which I would want to know. They didn't say if she had a mole on the side of her face or anything like that. So for generalizing for people, they will be as specific as they can with still being... A non-judgmental term. Non-judgmental. If you said to an IRA agent, 
what size is this person? They're not going to say, in general, that person is fat or that person is thin. They might say, that person is large or that person is petite or that person has a prominent nose, for example, something like that. But they're really, I think, well-trained in being able to communicate information clearly and fairly quickly because we'll get into this in a bit, but you do have a certain number of minutes and so you want to maximize the time. And I've really been astounded by the quality of the people that I've dealt with. So the agents have training, but then the explorers have training too. Right. But what I was going to tell you was one of the things that they also have is they mentor with a certain group of explorers that will actually work with them on doing the right things. And they'll be shadowed, I believe, with somebody who will make sure that they're doing the right things. And these explorers that they work with are highly motivated people who are wanting to work with the agent to make sure they do everything right. And then they go on the dashboard after that month, and their dashboard is software used, which can put us in contact with the agents to show not only the video feed of us going somewhere or doing something. It could also show Google, uh, Google Map. Uh, it can also show your store layout of your grocery store if you have it. Uh, it can show other things. Uh, it can show a myriad of things at one time so they can keep you in uh, it can also maybe show your Uber, that your Uber driver is coming. So they can have many screens opened on this one board, and they're taught to just keep looking and looking, making sure that they're keeping an eye on everything as it goes by. Right. And, and now you wanted to know about what training I've had is using it? Well, what training in general explorers have. Okay. If you become an explorer, you get what is called an onboarding session. And I can't remember its minutes. I'm thinking it's about like thirty an hour. No, it's, it's about. An, I think it's about thirty. It's about thirty. Well, maybe maybe it's gone down. I thought I had an hour, but well, who knows? I'll it was long to, enough. I know that my enough. session right. really was long enough. Yeah. Well, so was so was uh, mine. It might have been thirty. But what happens is in that they show you how to use your equipment, whether it be glasses, and you learn about the various parts of the app because you're making a call to them and they tell you about the various parts of the app. They'll tell you a little bit about the plans, but basically they're wanting to get you familiar with the phone, how to use it, and how making a call feels. Now, if you have the glasses, you get into a bit more detail. And maybe uh, that's the difference. That maybe that's the, yeah, yes. the length. The other thing that they did is they filled out with me a user profile that asked about Everything from did I want items described as being on the left or the right, or did I want them clock face? There were just various things like that. And one other thing they'll, interest, they'll ask you, which is, I, I think is quite interesting, that they asked me, they said, how much description do you want? Being me, I said I wanted them to describe as fully as they could. Another thing that I have in my profile is that I realize that what they say is going to be subjective. Just because there is a feeling that we want to make sure that whatever we say isn't going to bother you. And I tell them, hey, give me subjective feedback. I know it's only your opinion. Right. They do recommend that when you call for your onboarding or your training session, that you have a few 
simple tasks that you would like them to do with you mm -hmm. during that time, just so that they're showing you what you need. I find the whole experience is very explorer centered. So for example, I had looked at the app thoroughly before I called them. So I didn't really want a walkthrough of the app. I had a few questions about a few things and they answered it. When they read something for me, I'm sure we've all had the experience of readers just reading from start to finish and we can't get them to stop. Even if the information is not relevant to us, you know, if we say, skip to the next paragraph, please, they might say, well, this might be really important. And it's the equivalent of like, do not use this waffle iron in the shower, that kind of thing. And I find that they're really good about that. They will skip ahead. They may say something like, this paragraph contains some information in bolded text. And then I would say, oh, well, you know, read that, please. So it's very centered on what you want and not, it's kind of refreshing. It's not what someone else thinks that you want. Right. Or they'll say, do, do you need this particular section about not putting your device down in water? Do you need that section which has some of these comments? Do you need it read? Right, right. And I'd say, no, skip over that. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to hear that. I remember with my boarding session, what they had me do is get a document. That was what they did for me. Mm -hmm. And to show how far I had to, they said, try it with the phone and try it with the glasses. So you can see which one you prefer to use with documents. Because mm -hmm. I do a lot of document reading with them. Right. So we've talked a little bit about equipment. You can use your own personal iPhone or Android phone. Can you tell us about the other equipment options that are available? Yes. Uh, there is a controller which comes with the Horizon glasses, which I'll get into a minute. That can actually be used just as you would your iPhone. You can use it as a standalone. It does not need the glasses attached. There started out being a set of glasses called the Austria. They no longer produce them, but for people that have them that want to keep those, they can still use them and they are still supported. They came out with a set of glasses called Horizon. The one drawback to the Austria glasses was that the battery within the glasses only lasted for about two hours. So for me, I would be grocery shopping and it would, the power would keep going down, down, down. And before the end of my grocery trip, I had to switch to my iPhone. They, they did not have the controller. These actually had to hook in with your phone. Eventually what happened was they went to something they developed themselves, which is called the Horizon glasses. You actually use to power the glasses comes from the controller which is an Android phone without the phone portion. So you get seven hours, which is much, much better than the two. Those are generally what you have. The Horizons are still being uh, produced and made available to people. The Austrias are not. If you have them, you can keep them. And several people still want the old-fashioned Austria ones. Is there a degree difference in the two sets of glasses? the horizon go 180 degrees. So their width of 
being able to see is much, much higher than the other. At the moment, I can't remember what the actual degrees for the Austria ones are. And is uh, there a placement of the camera? And the yes. Mm -hmm. The Austria glasses, the camera was on the right side of the glasses. The Horizon glasses, it's right above the bridge of your nose. If you which is, right, which is where you would kind of be looking. Right, and, and that to me is a much, much better placement. But for instance, if you're in a grocery store, it's much, much better to use the Horizon because, of course, you get, as your agent is looking around for you, they don't have to keep saying, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right, because they're getting more of a panoramic. Oh, that's a good point. I never yes. thought of that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. So they're not saying turn your head to the left, turn your head to the right. Makes sense. Right. And, the, and they did that a lot with Austrias, very, very much so. But now you can, they might occasionally tell you that, but it's not, I can be going down an aisle and the agent will say, okay, in about 10 feet, you're going to want to turn left because they can see the, I guess, uh, what do I know about seeing? But they can see that edge coming up mm -hmm. on the left that you're going to have that turn. The horizon ones are really amazing, uh, I think. And I love the battery life. And I think with the phone, you have a slightly smaller degree of viewing too so they can't see quite as much with the phone and people have said you know how do I know which is going to work best for me and I really think that you know if you're doing a lot of travel and shopping and airports and things that the glasses might really be superior for my purposes I do fine you know I do fine with the phone I have the iPhone, I have the controller, and I have the glasses. And I find, interesting enough, that I use them for different things. For reading, I tend to use the controller. For doing any kind of thing where I might just want a picture of something, I might use the iPhone because it's better than the glasses, I think, for that because colors and are probably going to be brighter and clearer with the tin. I also find uh, the 10, here's a, a vanity thing, Lisa, is I love wearing makeup. And Ira has been able to help me put on my makeup. And what I do is I prop my phone up. I get to where they can see my face and I put on my makeup and tell me if the colors are good and if everything is in order. And then I go out on wherever yep. I'm going. And that's been a great thing. I use the phone. Of course, I couldn't use the glasses for that because I wouldn't be able to put on the makeup. For cutting up, when I cut up a leg of lamb, I use the glasses. I wanted my hands free, and I wanted the individual to be able to look down, see what I was doing more with my hands, and that would not have worked with the phone. I, they had to be on my head because right. I had to position my, position my head so they could see what I was doing. Right. That makes good sense. I don't know about you, but I've heard lots of people talk about, oh, I did this thing or that thing with Ira, and it was really incredible. And granted... What one person thinks is cool might not really move another person, but what do you think is the most fun or interesting or kind of liberating thing that you've done with Ira? I think the most liberating thing that I have done, and I hope I don't get emotional about this, but I was in a situation, I'd just gotten Ira, and I needed to get my, my uh, car tag from the handicapped car tag because I have a car. I don't drive it, but I have a car. Anyway, and I needed the, um, a new uh, handicap sticker tag. 
So my doctor would not sign the paperwork because she read the uh, form and it said that an optometrist, if you had two missing legs, could not sign for your tag because of the fact that they could only work with, with eye trouble. So she said, you have to go to an optometrist. So I looked in my neighborhood and I found an optometrist and I talked to Ira and they said, well, it's, it's in your subdivision. It's way at the other end and you, uh, you have no major streets and it looks like it's going to be a really nice walk there. I'm totally blind and I had, it's, well, it's now it's retinopathy of prematurity. So I have trouble visualizing things. I can't put things together in my head like pieces of a puzzle. I can't put them together and tell you what in my mind and tell you what it would look like together. So I have travel problems, okay? Thinking about streets and where they go and what they do. But anyway, I thought about it and I thought, well, I don't know. And I, and I heard this voice that said to me, it said, if you don't do it now, you will always be afraid. And I did it. <laughs> and it was the most it was the most, sorry, it was the most wonderful thing. I felt so free. Absolutely. Now, like that my brother said, change everything. oh my gosh, it's a terrible thing because now you've been loosed upon the community. <laughs> That's great. Uh, sorry now, about that other. Did, I, did the IRA agent walk with you? Did they accompany you? Did you have them on the line while you did that yeah, walk? I had no idea where the place right, was. Right. That was my, my question. Like, how did no they help? Going. How did they facilitate that? Yeah. Oh, they tell you. Yeah. They tell you where you're going. They said, do you want me to tell you anything about what we're passing as we go along the way? And I said, sure. I mean, so they told me about the houses and the pretty bushes and the trees and everything. And they, they told me. And, and the cool thing was, the most wonderful thing about this is I met people we were, they said oh there's some guys doing some work and they have a big hose across the so just watch out for it i had my cane so anyway i got up there and uh, the guys told me about it too and they said what on earth do you have on your head <laughs> and i said well, and i explained it to them and they were so excited they thought it was absolutely wonderful and then i ran across uh, a near and there was a lady down the way and she asked me the same thing what i had on my head and i made it down to the optometrist got all my paperwork signed and i came back Again, I met some of the same people and they said, you made it back. You're going home. And I said, you better believe it. I'm going home. And it, it was just the most amazing feeling. I've, I've gone to Walgreens on my own. I've gone to the mall. I've gone mall walking. I've gone and found Sephora at the mall, which is probably not a good thing. But, <laughs> I, found <it. laughs> but I found it anyway. And I'm ready when I go down in January to get my new dog. I'm so excited because it means that the dog and I are going to go to places that we've never been. And we're going to see things we've never seen. I'm thinking that somehow that's some kind of a, uh, a tale for kids, but I can't remember right now. But anyway, that was one of my great highlights. Another one is I had a dinner party. I had bought a boneless leg of lamb and I was going to cut it up. And they started talking about in the recipe, I was going to make Venetian lamb and rice. I had no idea what silver skin was. So I contacted Ira. I said, what's this? And the guy looked it up. He didn't know either. And he said, oh, it's this funny gray looking stuff, silvery stuff on top of the meat. It took us an hour and 15 minutes, but we cut that leg up. And uh, it turned out to be an absolutely wonderful recipe when I cooked it. And that was another uh, great thing that I would not have been able to get that silver skin off the meat I've without their help. 
Yeah, I've heard of Ira helping people put together furniture and such. I could really see Ira being helpful to me at the mall for kind of a specific reason. And that is, I never realized until I went shopping with blind friends how much they rely on their sense of smell. Somebody said to me, well, let's meet at the shoe store that's by the food court. And I said, the food court's no problem because I can hear this. There was a Chinese restaurant and when they stir fried, they seemed to do it loudly and with gusto and you heard this clanging and banging. But I said, how do you know there's a shoe store there? And she said, I can smell the leather. And I went, oh, because I have no sense of smell. And so I always felt a little bit inferior. Like, how is it that these other blind people seem to be able to navigate a mall with a lot more ease than I do? And it's like, oh, they're getting a whole additional set of landmarks. So I could see that being a situation where Ira would be very helpful. I had actually two really neat experiences with Ira recently. One is I had gotten a sample of this protein bar, and it was salted caramel pretzel flavored, or pretzel with salted caramel, something like that. It was good, by the way. <laughs> but I had the bar, and I asked the agent what it was. And I needed to know the calories and the grams of protein. And she said, well, this looks like it was taken out of a box, maybe because there's not a lot of writing on it. And so she was able to go on to Google and do an image search because it was a really unusual, you know, that that's not a combination you hear much, like pretzel, salt, uh, salted caramel. And she said, I found it. It's a this brand. It has this many calories and this much protein. And I said, okay, I believe you, but I'm curious. How do you know? And she said, well, I did an image search on Google and the packaging looks exactly like what you showed me. So I thought that was very cool. And I didn't even think about the fact that you can do image searches. Then the other night I was looking at a manual that I had gotten and it's the worst kind because it's one of those where when you open it up, it's not a little book. It just unfurls like a crepe paper stream or like a roadmap. It's one of those, this is fan folded 50 times and you end up with a piece of paper that's long and skinny and about three feet long. And so I called Ira and I said, can you even read this? And of course I had kind of exhausted other options. I looked for it online because I'll talk about this in a minute, but those minutes cost. And so I really find that being organized and kind of exhausting my other options first does help me. So if I want to know what something is, I'll have it out ahead of time. It's not the time to go rummaging. If I think I'm going to have to label something, if I have two packets, for example, that are exactly alike and I can't find out what they are by any other means, and I know I'm going to ask Ira, then I'll have my materials ready to label them so that I'm not rummaging around and wasting that time. I said, is there any way that you can read this? And she said, yes. And what she did was she had me stretch the piece of paper out on a flat surface and move my phone over it. And she took pictures one page at a time. And then once we got all the pictures taken, then I put the horrendous piece of paper away and just set down the phone. I was using a Bluetooth earpiece. And so I set down the phone, had my hands free and took notes on what she read me. And it was fantastic. So there are lots of things. There's a knife that I want to find a specific kind of knife 
Gwen, you would probably remember this, and some of our listeners, I'm looking for a Magna Wonder Knife, and it doesn't seem like they can be found anymore. So I want somebody to look at pictures with me and see if I can find an equivalent knife with a guide. So, you know, lots of possibilities for things uh, they, they could do. They can also help you, and, and they've been indispensable with this. I have a, a refrigerator, and the, the problem with it, it has a little touch panel on it. And they have actually been able, uh, my, my brother turned off my, my ding that told me that my refrigerator door was opened a little bit too long. So I wanted to get that turned back on. So Ira actually helped me do that. Yep. Uh, it took us a few minutes to get the right button pushed and everything, but it worked. Uh, they also helped me uh, change out my, my water filter. Uh, they had the video of how it was done, and, and I climbed up on top of a, a step stool and stuck my head and everything in the freezer, so they, I mean, the fridge, so they could see where I was and what I was doing, and, and they directed me on how to do it. They've helped me organize my, reorganize my shelves in the, in the fridge because they're weird. The way you have to put them in is strange. It's endless yeah. what they can do. Yeah, I go and visit my friend in the nursing home, and we have access to a pantry room, and in the refrigerator are small cans of soda for the residents, and there are like six different kinds, and that gets fun, and so I can call Ira and ask them, okay, I need regular cola, and they'll say, okay, move your hand to the right, no, too far, back to the left, okay, that whole row, and what I will do again is I'll maximize my minutes, so I will take a couple of them and put a few in the drawer and then, you know, add ice in later days. So I'm not calling Ira every day for what soda is this. And of course, if there's a sighted person around, I just ask them, but I haven't found good luck reading those barcodes with my phone. And so really the possible uses of Ira are plenty. Initially, when we had outlined this podcast, we were going to go over the various plan options. And we have decided not to do that because of a number of reasons. One is that IRA is restructuring and changing some of its pricing and some of its plans. You do pay by the minute. So you would buy, for example, a phone-only plan or a plan that used the glasses, or you could buy the glasses to own. So there's lots of plans and lots of pricing. And if you have questions, it would be best that you look at the IRA website or give them a call. And we will have all that contact information in our show notes. Another reason that we don't go directly into plans is there are ways that you can try IRA for free. And this is going to depend, there are some promos that are specific to ACB, NFB, and so it might be wise to check those out. I know that ACB members could use IRA for shopping during the month of December. And if it was a shopping-related task, you didn't have to pay. Another one that comes to mind is small business owners. If you are doing a small business-related task, even if you have an IRA plan, those minutes do not count against your plan. One that actually kind of, I stumbled over it and it hit me in the nose was I called IRA to ask about a problem that I was having with JAWS. 
and a particular situation. And lo and behold, I was talking to her and she said, oh, by the way, because this is a known problem, you're getting the time that we spend on trying to figure out a workaround for this. Your minutes are free. So this is something that they are doing also. Another one is that uh, Walgreens has just announced that in all of its Walgreens uh, stores, minutes, as soon as you walk into a store, that your minutes are free. And you, and you hear that uh, announced to you, courtesy of, of Walgreens. So using my newfound going everywhere, I walked up to my Walgreens the other day, walked in and said, by the way, I am turning my local prescriptions over to you from another place because you actually use IRA and I'm able to take advantage of that fact. So if anybody is hunting for a grocery store and if Walgreens is accessible, the more people we can get to open up access places is good for, for the IRA user. Yes, these are called access points and there are some others. Some airports have free IRA access and so do Wegmans grocery stores. I'm trying to work on getting Publix, my local grocery store here in Florida to get it. I have, think I'm going to have to go invade the corporate headquarters and take Ira with me, though. I think that's the way it's going to have to work, but I'm game. Excellent. And that's really the thing. If you are game, you really can use this to broaden your horizons. And if you are a traveler and maybe you have some travel challenges or you're a little bit of a fearful traveler, Ira can really help. And some people say, well, I don't need something like this because I have sighted friends and family members around that I can ask. That's wonderful if you do, but there may be times that you don't, or it could be that they have other things that are going on. I know of a mom recently who used Ira to go through her daughter's clothes to find out what items were stained. And I thought, well, that's a great idea too, you know, and there were other family members around who could help, but with limits on everybody's time. So thank you, Gwen, for your time and your enthusiasm, and we wish you much, much happy exploring. I plan on it. Thank you for your visit to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. You're welcome anytime. And now we're going to go to Lisa, who has a little demonstration for us regarding two iPhone cases that may be used with the Ira service or could be used for the Ira service. Recently, I had a bit of a problem, so I went looking for a solution. I like doing this anyway, but when the solution involves shopping, all the better. I was looking for a case or a holder for my cell phone. Now, I wasn't looking for just a case. I already have, actually I have two of those, but I was looking for something that would hold my phone and that I could use the camera on the phone hands-free. That isn't a terribly good explanation, so let me give you a bit more of one. If I needed to pick up things and hold objects for the camera, say for Ira or FaceTime or some sort of app like that, I was finding I just didn't have enough hands. Plus, there are times where I'll have my cell phone in my pocket and I feel like I have to be careful when getting in and out of vehicles, etc. to make sure that it doesn't fall out of my pocket. And so I thought that something that I could use to carry the phone around my neck, at least 
sometimes would be nice. And as luck and coincidence and situations would have it, I ended up with two different holders to test. And so I want to tell you about them in the hope that one of them will be right for you and might meet your needs. The first is made of silicone. It is made by a company called Gear Beast, and it's kind of an ingenious design. There are several things I like about it, and a few I don't. I like it because you could use it with just about any size smartphone. I would think even the iPhone Plus phones. I've seen some Android phones that were even bigger than that, and they were about the size of an iPad mini. I don't think they would work, but there will be a link to this in the show notes, and you can go and read the specifications for yourself. When I got it, initially I thought, what the heck is this? This doesn't look like a case, but it actually works quite nicely. Like I said, it's made out of silicone, so it feels rubbery. If you have long hair, it will attract your hair to it, so you'll end up having to clean it off. If you have a dog, it may end up attracting dog hair to it, so you will have to clean it off too. Silicone seems to just attract stuff. So the main part of the case, if I want to call it that, is a little pocket. There is the front part of the pocket and the back part of the pocket, and it's a little rectangle. And the front side of the pocket does not go up all the way to the top. This pocket is almost exactly the size of a standard credit card. In fact, they say that you can put a credit card in here. I don't really like doing this. I feel like my phone could bend it or I could bend it and somehow mess it up. If I had just a plain laminated, I don't know, like a bus pass or something that wasn't quite so sensitive and so important, I would probably put it in there. I would definitely fold up money and put it in this little pocket because that way you could shove it down far enough that it wouldn't be seen. That's the other thing with this pocket. If somebody were looking closely and they were standing near you, they could see there was a credit card and I think it would be easy to just swipe it. So that is the main part of the case, this little pocket. Now, around the pocket are these rubber, oddly shaped, they're not completely regular, but they're half circles. So what you do is you lay the pocket down on a flat surface, for example, and then you lay your phone on top of the pocket so that the phone is more or less centered. Then there are these four loop, kind of half circular, oddly shaped things, and you pull one of them up on each of the four corners so that they stretch over each of the corners of your phone. This works really well if you're going to use the front-facing camera. If you're going to use the back-facing camera, you would need to turn the phone around so that the back-facing camera was exposed. And the little loop that is near the back-facing camera, you would just have to adjust it and move it in such a way that it didn't get in the way, and you might have to keep checking that when you were moving it. I really do like this because it's small. It's not any larger than my phone. It would fit all different size phones. I wouldn't have to worry about getting another one when I got a new phone. The neck strap can be removed with a little hook kind of thing that's fairly easy. It's just a metal hook where you kind of pull the little metal thing back. It's kind of like the hook on a dog leash or some kinds of key rings, although not exactly. 
I like that the neck strap is adjustable. The only thing is, it's hard to explain how you adjust it. It is very easy to adjust it. The moment you see it, you just intuitively understand how to adjust it. The one thing I don't like is that just because you adjust it, that doesn't mean it stays how you adjusted it. But for someone like me, that's kind of nice because I'm short, and so I want the phone and its case fairly high up. Generally, things like this that you can't adjust, they end up being about the level of my stomach. So if my hair is done nicely or something, I can adjust it loosely to pull it over my head, and then I can tighten it down. But it doesn't stay, so I do find that I have to keep adjusting it. Still, it's very nice and very versatile. I got this from Amazon, and I purchased this for about $10. And again, there will be a link in the show notes. Oddly enough, I like the other phone holder that I have, but for completely different reasons. This is something that is carried by Barry Scheuer of Guidelights and Gadgets. As you may have heard from previous podcasts, we are partnering with him on some things, and so I got this from him to try it out. This is a leather case. Now, this is kind of a thin, soft, supple leather. It is lined. This particular one is pink, so guys, you might want to check on color before you order, just in case. This has one zipper on the back of the pouch. I'm calling it the back, and it allows you to put something in there that's quite tall. So I'm thinking like a plus-sized iPhone. On the front of the pouch, there are three zippers, and the one on top is about level with the one on the back. There may be a slight discrepancy, like half an inch, if that, but not very much. They're pretty much the same size. Below that is another zipper, and it runs the full width of this case. And then below that is a small snap compartment. The strap on this case is kind of like, for lack of a better word, a thick shoelace or nylon sort of cord. It is attached to the bag, and there are two little reinforced metal holes, one on each side, so it hangs evenly, and it's finished off nicely. It's kind of got these metal fasteners that keeps everything in place. The ends are done nicely so that it doesn't fray. The strap is quite long. I just got this, and I haven't done it yet, but what I will probably do is cut off a sizable length of strap. I probably have in the neighborhood of a foot and a half to two more feet of strap than I need. However, your mileage may really vary. You may want to loop it twice around your neck, or you may want to wear it cross-body. So you've got lots of extra strap to work with. Now, the way that this works to use your iPhone hands-free, and just for a point of reference, I'm using an iPhone 7. So a lot of these, unless you're talking about a plus-size phone, are going to be around the same size. So what I would do if I wanted to use it with Ira or something is I would put it in the lower zipper pouch. If I put it in the pouch that's higher up on the case, the whole phone would be covered. If I put it in the lower part of the pouch, I think it's just about perfect because it shows that back-facing camera. Now, one disadvantage is that it does not show the full front-facing camera. Although, if you were doing FaceTime or something like that with family or friends who actually wanted to see your face, 
it might be better to just hold it in your hand or set it on a table. I did find out that Ira prefers the use of the back-facing camera because it has more pixels and so gives a better, sharper view. So again, I would put my phone in the smaller zipper compartment with the rear-facing camera facing out. With the silicone case, I would have to take it out of the case, which doesn't take very long. You can quickly snap those little bands on and off, and I would have to flip it over. In this case, I'm also flipping it over, but I would have to just take it out, flip it, put it back in. So I would put my iPhone in the lower pocket. Again, of course, you could do this with a comparable sized Android phone as well. When I do this, the zipper would not close completely. I could zip it about a third of the way, which would hold my phone snugly on one side and give me a little added security. I did test this, and I tried bending over and moving around, and the phone did not fall out. Still, better be safe than sorry, and either keep a hand on it or check it regularly. I haven't actually used this yet to place a call where a camera was required, but if I did, what I would do when I was done is I would remove the phone from the lower zipper pocket where it's sticking out. I would put it in one of the two deeper zipper pockets where it's covered completely and where the zipper would close completely. And then I could safely carry it wherever I went. The thing I really like about both of these cases is I have my iPhone in a case regularly. Yes, the iPhone without its case is very lovely and very sleek. The iPhone without its case also makes me very nervous. I'm not terribly clumsy, but I feel like when it's out of its case, it's just sitting there pleading and begging me to drop it. So I'm a little nervous about leaving my phone out of a case, and I love that I can carry my phone with either of these while it's still in the case. Before I close, I just want to give you a brief update. Since the time that I recorded this initial comparison and the time that we're using it on the podcast, I have gotten an iPhone XR, which is somewhat larger. I just wanted to let you know that either of these options will work nicely for this phone as well. I hope that if you're looking for a hands-free solution for using your phone in a situation like I described, that one of these, or something else even, might be helpful to you. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this podcast on New Year's Day and... Or thereafter. (laughs) Or thereafter. Exactly. And we shall see you in the new year. Thank you everybody. Bye. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. Bye.